1: the Michigan football team hits the road for the first time this season and heads to Iowa city where the Wolverines will try to end a 17 year losing streak at Kinnick stadium. We discuss everything you need to know about that matchup coming up on Wolverine confidential. Hey, Aaron, good to be talking with you here. Thursday morning, September 29th, about 48 hours before kickoff uh, at Kinnick And, and right away, My intro was a bit misleading. I mean, it is, it is a 17 year losing streak, um, a 17 year drought, at least in Iowa city for the Wolverines. Michigan has in fact not won there since 2005, but it's four games. It's not 17 or even, you know, eight, uh, they're, they're in different divisions. It's four games, but they've been somewhat fluky games decided by a total of 14 points, all within one possession, uh, The last time Michigan went there, they were number two in the country. Iowa was unranked, uh, and, and Iowa obviously won. But that was also in 2016, which means none of the players on either roster today were on the team then. So Aaron, right off the bat, what do you make of Michigan's losing streak there? Does it matter for Saturday?
0: Close, fluky games are like what Iowa wants to play, right? So it mm-hmm. makes total sense. Um, in, in terms of yeah, the losing streak, I I don't think it really matters in this situation, just because none of the players on the roster were in that game. So the whole psychological thing that maybe some folks think might be there doesn't really resonate with this with this group. Now maybe Jim Harbaugh thinks about it. Maybe you know the administration, or maybe some of the Iowa fans or the Michigan fans think about it. But when the players who are playing the actual game have no recollection, aren't really aware of, of, of it at all, I don't think it matters as much. And I think it would matter more if it was a situation where, you know, this game was played last year in Iowa City or a couple of years ago where, you know, a good portion of the roster played in it and they remember it and, and everything else. Maybe it weighs on you more. Now, not so much. I, I think that you can kind of throw that out the window. Um, now, the the fact that these games in Iowa City have been close and are typically lower scoring Intend to play more toward Iowa, could could glean something into Saturday, maybe how you think the game ends up, or you know the result is the fun, you know the, the score range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I don't think it really matters much, especially when the, so many of these guys, in fact, no one on this roster played in that game or was even on the team in 2016 when this game was played.
1: I think the bigger factor is that it's just their first road game period. So it's, you know, it's the first road game, um, you know, for any freshman on the roster, anyone who didn't really play much last year, you know, didn't get in a game, say uh, on the road, uh, JJ McCarthy is, you know, he's, he's played in games in you know, East Lansing, he played in, you know, the orange bowl. That wasn't a road game, but still away from home, but he's starting, he's going to be playing, you know, presumably the whole game. Uh, so that, that part's a little different. And, and, While we're on the topic of McCarthy, uh, let's talk about what we learned this week. And we can start with the quarterbacks. You know, feel free to tell me anything you learned. But my two questions right away are kind of what did the coaches make of, of McCarthy's performance against Maryland and who would enter the game on Saturday? You know, should he get hurt?
0: Yeah, they seem satisfied with it. You know, Jim Harbaugh and Matt Weiss, Michigan's quarterbacks coach, co-OC, were were both, you know, spoke to the media this week, and they had good things to say. And and that's typically how it goes, especially with Jim. He's not one to criticize his quarterbacks in public. Um, he's, he's, he's going to obviously put, you know, pat him up and everything else, but there were some subtle, you know, things there that they realized there are things to work on. I think they realized JJ needs to get rid of the ball, maybe quicker or make quicker decisions when he's uh, holding on to the football and the pocket is collapsing and there's nothing to do there. And then the fumble thing. I think that's been a, I think the point of emphasis now with him, I think they acknowledge that, you know, we saw him fumble issues last year. We saw him fumble the ball football twice on Saturday against Maryland. Now, luckily for Michigan, they got on top of those, so they didn't end up in turnovers or become destructive. Um, But you got to really avoid those situations, especially against an Iowa team that, again, thrives on turnovers and thrives with its defense. So, um, you know, J.J., I I think they're happy with where he's at. They acknowledge their their improvements that need to be made. Now, whether those can happen in one game remains to be seen. I I think it's going to take some time for him just because he's got to play more. He's got to get more reps. I think the more and the more he plays, I think the better he'll get. Um, as for the quarterback situation behind him, mm-hmm. it, it is it is interesting. Kate McNamara is not going to be made available. We still don't know a timeline uh, when when he'll be back. Um, Matt Weiss did did indicate that they do anticipate getting him back sometime before the end of the year. Um, there, but I, I asked him flat out, you know, who the number two would be, if in case you know if they needed it. Uh, and he he mentioned two names, which is a little, which is a fewer than what Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yes, know. the list has shrunk. Yes, yes. He mentioned Allen Bowman and, and Davis Warren, and for and for reasons, I think I you know I could have told you without talking to Matt Weiss. You know, Allen has the experience. He has multiple starts under his belt in the Big Ten, Big Twelve level. I think he's confident in this offense, and he can throw the football. So I I, I do think he'd probably make the be the most natural choice there. But Davis Warren is a name that keeps coming up. Former walk on, he's got a really strong arm. They really like what he's 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 shown. Um, he can move the offense. He looked good at times this year. Uh, so those are two that seem to be the the front runners to to play in you know if if in case something were to happen. Now, Alex Orgy's name did come up. Uh, they like what he brings in the run game, but I, he's still a true freshman, and I'm not sure Michigan would feel too confident throwing him out there if, if something were to happen to JJ in, in a crucial, you know, close game.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm with you reading between the lines. It seems like Bowman would probably get the first crack simply, especially in, in this game, um, you know, on, on the road, um, just cause he's, he's kind of been there before, even if maybe Warren, they feel like might have the, the higher ceiling. Um, but of course, Michigan fans hope, hoping it doesn't come to that. Uh, what else do we get this week, especially, you know, on the, on the injury front Donovan Edwards, uh, you know, has not played in a couple weeks now and the Hill green as he played at all this season. I mean, that's someone that's supposed to be, you know, a kind of key player on the middle of his defense and hasn't even been on the field yet. I'm not sure it's necessarily affected Michigan's defense too much, but, but still that's a name to watch. And, and Edwards in particular, given, you know, the, the kind of burden that, that Coram had to shoulder last week.
0: Yeah. We, we learned too much this week. It, you know, th- Jim did say we'll see on Donovan Edwards, which I think is a better sign than what he gave last week and just not acknowledging it at all. Uh, so it, it would not surprise me if Donovan does play on Saturday. Maybe he's on the snap count. Maybe he's on a carry load count. Um, but I think something is better than nothing because you just can't keep running Blake Corum, you know, 25, 30 carries a game. And, that, and that's just not realistic. It's not sustainable. And that's where you open things up to injury and and, and everything else. And that's the last thing I think you want from Michigan's run game perspective is Blake suffering another injury? Because after that, as we've seen, um, their depth isn't isn't too great there. CJ Stokes, that they liked, and obviously through the non-conference schedule, he gets his first carry against Maryland and fumbles. So you, you got to think that's weighing on him mentally. It probably is going to give Michigan's coaching staff pause about throwing him in there. As you saw, you know after the fumble, he didn't go back in. Um, And in fact, they went in there and threw a walk on Isaiah Gash at one point too. So um, their depth doesn't seem like it's there quite yet. They're very inexperienced aside from, you know, Blake and and Donovan and Donovan's status is, you know, is unknown at this point. So I I think, I think we'll see him at some point. I don't know how much, uh, but I think, as I said, something's better than nothing. The Kyle Green, no clear update on him. I don't know when he's coming back. It seemed like he was poised to return a couple of games ago. I believe it was the Hawaii game week two. He came out in uh, in uniform in pregame. Was going through warmups. Didn't end up playing. We haven't seen him since. I don't know what the status is there. Trevor Keegan, Keegan is going to be an important one too because at Michigan's offensive line. We've talked about they've been they've been you know uh, I don't know struggling. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, you know, especially and if you go back and look at some of the grades from Saturday's went over Maryland. Well Blake Corm did a very good job of running the football. Michigan's offensive line didn't grade out very well in in in, in run blocking. So they got to step it up um, especially with the better opponents coming up. Iowa, you know, we talk about the defense forcing turnovers and everything else, but they're very big and physical up front. So I don't think Blake Corm's going to have the field day he had against Maryland. And I think that's where the you know the continuity and and the offensive line needs to come together and find some consistency especially with you know the the schedule starting to heat up here.
1: Yeah, so let's let's dig into Iowa a little bit here. As we mentioned on Monday's podcast, the offense is is not so good, the defense is very good. Um, I mean, just some, some numbers here, like the offense has five touchdowns this season. The defense has four scores, two touchdowns and two safeties. Uh, Iowa played four games this year in two of those games, the defense has scored more points than the offense. Uh, and, and for both teams, they've, they've outscored their own offense and the other team's offense So they've, they really won the game by themselves in a couple of instances, um, including last week against Rutgers. Uh, so the Iowa offense fewest yards in the country. But the defense has allowed the fewest points in the country, so um yeah, it's a it's a it's a fundamentally sound unit that's what um Jim Harbaugh and Matt Weiss were kind of talking up this week um but but, I like what Weiss said about like the the personnel, like they have some dudes too, like these are not a bunch of bums that just like play hard and play the right way, like the NFL values talent and I was looking at, you know, Mel Kiper on ESPN, his his top prospects at each, each position. You know, they got the the second best uh inside linebacker. They've got the fourth best cornerback uh that that would be draft eligible. They've got, you know, the sixth best outside linebacker, the ninth best center, the fourth best tight end. Uh and, and then they've got a sophomore who's probably better than all of them but just isn't isn't going to be going in the draft yet. So there there's talent on this team. Yes, it's just it's just not kind of coalescing at least offensively. Um you know, for, for Iowa this year. No, and I got another stat for
0: you off on the Iowa offense. They have one wide receiver with more than two catches this year. All their leading pass catchers are either tight ends or running backs. that, mm-hmm. if you can believe that, so they don't sound like they don't have a lot of options to throw the ball to, which might explain, you know, quarterbacks, uh, Spencer Petras's you know, uh, 51% completion percentage. So yeah, they're struggling to move the ball. Um, if they do, it's usually on the ground. Uh, so they really rely on on short fields, and that's where the defense comes in. They want to force turnovers. They want to be, um, you know, force Michigan to punt. Uh, they want short drives, uh, and that's where you know Michigan's offense moving the football. And we can get into this later, but special teams will make a difference too. But yeah, mm-hmm. Iowa relies on their defense. I mean, they're very physical. Um, they've had a good secondary and linebacking core for a while now. You mentioned all those guys, you know. Uh, Matt Weiss mentioned uh, on Wednesday as well. Jack Campbell, linebacker. Seth, Seth Benson, a linebacker. Uh, Cooper DeGene, at, at defensive back. They've got some playmakers there who lean, who rely, who thrive on forcing you know three and outs, turnovers, and the like. And, and that's where I think it's going to be key on Saturday. Michigan has to limit those type of things. Um, they they can't get. Um, overzealous, they can't force things, and again, that goes back to what we were just talking about JJ McCarthy not giving up the football, uh, and Michigan being very, you know, sound. And, and look, it may go back to Michigan, they may have to lean on the, on the run game a little bit on Saturday just to cheer up, churn uh, up clock, try to move the ball on, on the ground. Uh, and, and not put the ball in the air because that's where
1: Iowa really thrives with interceptions and tip balls and the like. Yeah, I mean, listen, Michigan's not going to give away their game plan, but I also don't think they're going to intentionally try to, you know, mislead Iowa through the media. And, you know, Matt Weiss did say yesterday, like, the entire uh, game plan gets built. You know, you don't just talk about how we're going to play offense against their defense. It's factoring in what Iowa might be doing when they have the ball and on special teams and field position and things like that, which leads me to believe It could be a slightly more conservative game plan, um, given that, you know, you're just you're not so worried about Iowa, you know, hanging 40 points on you. But all that being said, I just can't get over the game they played in December for the Big Ten Championship. Michigan won 42 to three and actually talk about maybe conservative game plan. The two plays I remember from that game are Quorum's uh, long touchdown run, which I guess was a, a pretty basic play, but I remember it because. J.J. McCarthy like ran with him uh, down the sideline, which is just incredible uh, still. And and then the double pass where, you know, Donovan Edwards ends up throwing a touchdown. Um, So, you know, Michigan opened up the playbook a little bit in that game. But, um, you know, regardless, it was just it was just such a blowout that like to me, that matters more than what we saw, um, you know, in any of these previous trips to Iowa City that took place so long ago.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, we talk about it. Much of Michigan's personnel offensively is very similar to what they had last year in in playing that Big Ten title game. Now, quarterback is a little bit different. And I I think that maybe opens up things maybe a little bit more for Michigan, which is probably a good thing. Um, But yeah, you can't help but think back to that win. It was a dominant one. I mean, Michigan dominated from beginning to end offensively and defensively. They made some mistakes offensively. I believe they turned the ball over twice that game, yet they were still able to move the football and score at will. Uh, so, yeah, you you wonder if it's going to be a similar situation to that where it's a blowout. Um, I tend to lean toward no just because this game is in Iowa City. And I think I, I, I was getting, again, they've got a they've got a better look at what Michigan wants to do offensively. They can go back and look at that film. Nonetheless, I think Michigan has the better playmakers. I think they have the better skill. Uh, and at the end of the day, that should win out. Uh, but never say never. I mean, there is something to say for consistency and discipline and turnovers. Because if you know if Michigan goes in there Saturday and turns the ball over early on maybe the first drive and sets Michigan Iowa up for an easy score, things change and th- and that's one of the things too. Michigan hasn't really been punched in the mouth just yet. Yes, they struggle out of the gate against Maryland Saturday, but they're able to figure it out and probably could have won that game by more than one score really. Um, so we'll see. I, I, we learned a lot. We talked about this last week. We learned a lot about this Michigan team last year when they went on the road for the first game at Wisconsin. It was a very similar storyline really going in. They hadn't won Madison in a long time. Uh, you know, the narrative was Jim Harbaugh couldn't win big road games on the road and Michigan went in there, um, you know, and, and pretty much dominated that game. Yeah. They, they, they faced a little uh, pushback late in the first half. They were back and, and one handedly, but we, we found out that this Michigan team was for real, that they could handle the pressure and went on the road and so it's it's a very interesting and similar situation kind of going into Saturday's game.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not like Iowa's invincible at home. They lost uh, to Purdue there last year. I'll throw out 2020, no fans, but they lost to Penn State in, in 2019. They lost, you know, two games in, in 2018. So, listen, this is a this is a top five Michigan team coming to town. And I just, I just don't think that Iowa, their, their ceiling is just too low offensively to kind of keep up with a team like Michigan. Michigan's probably not going to score 42 points in this game, but I think they get to, they crack 20. And I'm not, I'm not sure I see, I see Iowa getting there unless Michigan really helps them out. Um, And then that'll, that'll be the key to the game. I mean, that'll be the key that Michigan can avoid those backbreaking mistakes, you know, on special teams or turning it over that, uh, you know, that just give Iowa um, you know, the ball at, at with great field position, because um, that that's what I was trying to do. They've got a great punter, um, you know, reliable special teams, returners and, and um, you know, kickers and all that, uh, that they're just going to try to, you know, move the field five, 10, 15 yards at a time until eventually they don't even they don't even need to really put together a drive to to at least get points. Um, I mean, that that's at least how I see see this game. Playing out. Yeah, you're probably right. But
0: let me read this, and this is probably going to scare some Michigan fans. Iowa's last six home games gets AP top five teams. They've won five of the last six. 2008, they beat a number three ranked Penn State team by a point. 2010, they beat a number five ranked Michigan State team by 31. 2016, they beat the number two. Uh, Michigan was second ranked in the country, beat them by a point, lost to Penn State in 2017. But they will turn around and be a number three ranked Ohio State team. And then and then you mentioned 2021 last year beating Ohio, uh, Penn State by three. So uh, Jim Harbaugh called uh, Kinnick Stadium the place where top five teams go to die. I don't know if he saw that list or that stat or whatever the case may be, but it's in in a way true. Iowa seems to play up for these games. Um, and I think their, their, their game plan and how they like to play plays well into these situations. So I don't think this is gonna certainly be a, a steamroll. I, I don't think this ends up being a blowout like we saw in the Big Ten title game. But I, I as as I said, I do think this Michigan team has enough to do it. They have enough talent to do it. I think they're they're have an upgraded quarterback. The key is just not turning the ball over and not making too many mistakes. And if you can limit the mistakes,
1: um, I, I think they should they should, you know, coast to victory, I would say. Well, Aaron, uh, you will you will be there. I'll be uh I'll be watching on TV. It's a 12.05, I think, is what they've set for uh, kickoff time, p.m. Eastern time, which is 11.05 there in Iowa City. It's on Fox. um, And yeah, it's Michigan's Michigan's first road game of the year. It'll be a few weeks before they return to the big house. But, you know, we'll see if they can end their their long drought and, you know, stay Stay undefeated overall and in the Big Ten. We'll have plenty more coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines throughout the week. Thanks for listening.